Hello and welcome back once again to the HR Social Hour Half Hour Podcast. This is the now annual Pop Culture Roundtable. I'm your host, John, and I am so excited to be doing this show again this year. Some of you know I do another podcast about 80s properties, and last year I had a few folks that I had been talking to about different stuff that was going on in pop culture, and I wanted to talk about it because, hey, it's my podcast and I can do that. So I'm going to have our guests introduce themselves, and we're going to get started. Hello, I'm Lorena. I'm an HR coordinator for Associates in Dermatology. Um, I've been in HR for around three years, and I'm really excited to be here this year again. All right. I'm Michael. I'm an HR business partner for Genesis, and also excited for to talk about it. It's been a good year uh, pop culture-wise, so it should be fun to talk about. What's up, everyone? This is Chris Orozco, also an HR dude and a proud daddy. Well, everybody, you know, one of the cool things is we all know each other. Some of us have seen each other this year again, but we've all we've done this before. For those that maybe didn't listen to 2018, what we're going to do is a, several different things when it comes to talking about the year and, and where we've been. We're each going to talk about three movies that we really liked, three TV shows, and then three what I'm calling audio items. So they could be songs, albums, podcasts, something that's in the audio space that's new to us. So it doesn't have to be from 2019, but it has to be something that was new to us this year. And, and that was really exciting and impactful, something that was getting us really jazzed. And so I know I've learned some things from you all that you talked about last year and hopefully listeners do, too. And, you know, it, well, at the end, we'll talk a little bit about one event that came up or an item. It could be a book or a video game, something that maybe we don't cover in those other areas. No particular order. It's, hey, it's, we're just talking. If you have the on your list, we certainly will acknowledge it and we can talk more about it then. There we go. You guys have any questions before we get going? No, nope, ready, yep, to ready to go. Yep, yep. All right. We're going to start with movies. It was a big year for movies in 2019. Lorena, what's your first movie that you want to talk about? Well, this movie I saw two days ago, um, A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, which is the Mr. Rogers movie. Um, Tam, Tom Hanks um, was the one who starred in it. And uh, I watched it with my mom. The, um, last year, I watched his documentary also with my mom. And this is something that his show, um, I think it ended in, in the early 90s. And I was actually born in the early 90s. So I don't remember his show as a kid, but I know he had like a, this huge impact. And I went to Rollins College for my master's degree and he went there for his undergrad. So he's been like very in my life in different ways um and i was just really excited to see this and um tom hanks did such a great job with that movie and i think you talked about the documentary last year didn't you i think michael was the one who mentioned it or, or maybe michael, okay. uh, yeah yeah, yeah I, think... I know I'd, I'd seen the documentary i haven't seen the film yet i'm it's on my list to to see before the end of the year but yeah so that was the first thing. And then the other two movies, I uh, well, the second one I put in my list, um, it's more uh, about the remakes. There was a lot of Disney remakes, um, including The Lion King and then Aladdin. And I was really excited about those two just because um, I grew up with these movies. These were the movies I grew up with. And then Aladdin, I liked that they made it a little bit more uh, feminist. And so the prince, Princess Jasmine was a lot more like involved with wanting to be you know, a queen and whatnot. So all of that was great. And then uh, the last movie I chose was Spider-Man Far From Home. I'm not really like a huge superhero Avengers fan, but my dad and I are super connected when it comes to Spider-Man movies. Those are the ones we always have to see together. 
And I had not realized it was coming out this year I'm, since I don't follow this so much. And I think it was Chris who posted about it. <laughs> um, and I was like, what? This movie is out? I think he posted it on Twitter or something. And I remember replying, like, why am I not watching this movie? So, <laughs> it is good. It was great. It was so good. I'm, like, so thankful I saw that because it would have been a missed opportunity. My dad doesn't go to the movies too much. He's Happy not, to help. Yes. <laughs> and, um, and so I was just excited to take him out. And it was, like, a father-daughter date and he was just so happy to see it so it was a good year for movies for me and how about that ending because guess what we can spoil it because oh again God. it's my show and i can say it <laughs> Spoiler <laughs> alert. so yeah if you haven't seen spider-man forward a minute or two but yeah we we get a crazy reveal at the end that is definitely going to affect how peter parker exists in the marvel universe at least for the next little bit i think yes i, right? yeah. I loved that yeah that movie was fantastic and, but that ending, the 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 post credit scene when uh, J.K. Simmons came on there, I literally in the theater just said, yeah. "Oh my god!" Yeah. Like you hear his voice, it's like Spider Man, yeah. you know. And it was yes. just, I was like, "Oh my gosh!" I'm so glad they brought. There's like four perfect comic book castings in my point of in my opinion, and J.K. Simmons as J. Jonah Jameson is yeah, one of them. he nailed that. I would agree yeah, with that. Yeah. I would oh, absolutely agree. He with that. is mm-hmm. just perfect. But yeah, that's so, yeah. awesome. It was my. And yeah, it was mind blowing. I'll tell you that much. I was like, "Oh wow!" So <laughs> I'm a little bit more into Avengers again and everything. So rewatching the movies awesome. now yeah, with yeah, Disney yeah. Plus and everything. Mm-hmm. Well, Lorena, I, I have not seen the Mister Rogers movie, and I haven't seen Aladdin or The Lion King. I need to do that. I, I I'm a bad movie watcher, and then I just <laughs> kind of wait till stuff comes out on video anymore. And now that I got Disney Plus, I'm assuming those movies will be out pretty soon, right? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I think the Lion King might actually already be out there uh, on Disney. Oh, okay. yeah. Might well, be. Wow. yeah. Well, yeah. Between Aladdin and, and the Lion King, if you want to watch just one, if it's not your thing, I would watch Aladdin. That's what I'm saying. So. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Nice. Well, I, I have to say I liked, because John Favreau did Lion King, right? His Jungle Book was amazing. Like, I really oh, yeah. liked that movie mm-hmm. a lot. I thought there, some of the choices they made were really, and that kid acting against all that CG was really impressive. So yes, it was. I'll, I'll definitely have to check it out. Yeah. Great. Great start. Uh, Michael, how about you? What's on your list? I had, I know, I think I talked about this last year. I, it was, it was one of the movies that I had, uh, saw last year. So I actually, they had the sequel, uh, the, or the second part of it, not really the sequel, second part of the, uh, of it this year. And um, I think they ended it really well. It was a strong, strong movie. I think the, the first half, which is the the first movie, which is them as kids, I think resonated a little bit more. But all overall, I think they got the casting really downright between the kids and the adults. And this, you know, that the, was great. This, you know, the creepiness factor was there for sure. So yeah, no, I really, uh, really enjoyed that. Um, and it was actually something I've been looking forward to. Just the fact that they redid it was I, I was hoping they would do it right, and they did. I think overall, for me, this one's kind of recent. I don't know if everyone's seen it yet. It's on Netflix. It's the uh, the Irishman, the one with uh, Pacino and. Uh, Pesci and Robert De Niro and directed by Scorsese. And so he kind of has the, all the whole cast back together again. And it's of course a typical mobster movie, but uh, based on some true life events, which I think was it, you know, I'm just a sucker for that to begin with. And then uh, to have all three of them, it was just kind of nice. I won't say it's a last hurrah for all of them, but I'm sure it's probably the few times you'll see all of them together again on a, on a film like that. So it was a, it was good, and Pacino and and De Niro get some significant screen time together, which is which is pretty cool. Um, they also do some cool aging stuff with them, where they make them look younger, and they you know they did that with you know obviously different movies or whatnot. But this was kind of the first time I'd seen it on on a t- you know more of a 
TV type focus, and, and they did a good job with that. So yeah, no, I would recommend. And then I, you know, I know we didn't. I guess we'll probably talk. I'm sure uh, talk about the Avengers Endgame, but that was that's the last one on my list. So I think. They summed up ten years or whatever plus of of a storyline in a, in a, in a <laughs> relatively incredible fashion, and I think hit every every chick ticked every box that you could possibly hit with that. So I I don't think I heard anyone complain at all about that, other than maybe the fact that you shouldn't eat a drink a large soda before you walked into a three hour movie. <laughs> but that was about it. So you know. That would be true of The Irishman, too, right? Yeah, that's true. Three hours as well. The good news on Netflix is you can pause it and then walk away, you know, come back. Yeah, right? yeah, good point. Good point. Yeah, exactly. Good point. Yeah. Well, yeah, I don't think Endgame is any surprise. That's certainly on my list. Chris, I'm going to assume it's on yours, too. But Absolutely. You know, it was, yes, I, like you said, Michael, just a, a very satisfying conclusion to all of it mm-hmm. and to tie all the movies together. And it was funny. I saw it in the theater. I thought it was good. I, wasn't, I didn't think it was great. Mm-hmm. You know, I have some friends, oh, it's the great, I, I don't think it's the greatest one they've done. It was very, very yeah. good. But then I watched it on a plane and I enjoyed it that much more, which was weird. Because <laughs> they watch it on a little screen, but I, I, it was, I don't know, for some reason it was more impactful. Maybe it was just when I saw it or whatever it may be. But yeah, they, they really nailed it. And, and let's face it, again, spoilers, if you haven't seen Endgame, <laughs> go, go a minute ahead. When Cap gets Thor's hammer. Uh. Mm-hmm. And then, oh my God! All, and when mm-hmm. all the people start yeah, showing up, oh. he says, "Avengers Assemble!" Yeah. You can't help but lose your yeah. mind. I don't care who you yeah. are. Yeah, absolutely. That was so <laughs> good. Yeah, because I, I was one up until that point. I'm like, how are they going to get out of this one? You know, kind of thing. And <laughs> yeah, right. it was amazing. I was like, oh, okay, yeah. It, it'll be interesting to see where they go because I, I, I just don't see where you, how you do it. I really don't. No, I it, no. It, yeah. I'm kind of glad they're taking a bit of a break. I mean, I obviously they had Spider-Man, and but I mean, I'm glad there's a little bit of a, a gap before the next one, so everyone can kind of, yeah, <laughs> release, <laughs> kind of get yeah. excited about it. So, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Chris, how about you? What's on your list? I want to start. I'm going to echo Lorena on a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Uh, I think you guys know I'm a big Mr. Rogers fanboy. I teared up. So the movie starts, and it's that that little jingle from his show. Oh yeah. And I and I started. Te- this is just saying like the title of the movie, <laughs> and I'm already tearing up. Yep. And and they frame it in a way that the whole movie is an episode of his show, and he's talking about this reporter that interviewed him, who's based on a real guy. And there was a point in the movie where he was. To, uh, the reporter goes there, and Mister Rogers is is on the set, and he's talking to this little boy who appears to be sick, and he's talking and and the little boy just goes up and gives mr rogers a hug i was just a a a sack of tears through this there was just one moment after another Mm -hmm. when we i saw it last night so when we got up from the theater and no pun intended but i really when i stood up i just said that was just a beautiful movie yes about the father and the son you know their challenges as a parent too, and Mr. Rogers is talking to the, to the gentleman and he says something along the lines of, um, you know, when we're trying to teach our children and relate to our children, you know, we forget what it feels like to be a child. Do you ever stop and, and think about what, what they're thinking? And so with my six year old too, I'm just like, this is just incredible. So excellent movie guys. If you guys out there have not seen it, please go see it. It's just, um, in a world that seems overly cynical sometimes and can be vicious and cruel. This movie was just, it really was beautiful and and we need more stuff like this. So please go see it. 
I talked a lot about that. So that's quick uh, Spider-Man Far From Home. Excellent. You guys go see it if you haven't seen it yet. Tom Holland is great. I'm glad that Disney and Sony worked out their issues. I don't know mm-hmm. if you guys saw that, that there was yes. some controversy there that they couldn't come to terms on a on another movie. And especially that we talked about already that Spider-Man Far From Home ends on a huge cliffhanger that changes everything for this character. And then to think like, oh, my God, we don't get at What are they going to do now? They're not working together anymore. So I'm really grateful that they uh, Disney and Sony came together for the for the next one and see where they go with that. And then, of course, Endgame. Endgame was just I, I don't even know how they did it. I'm grateful that they did it. I laughed and cried and cheered like I've never done in any other movie. I will say when I went back the second time, some of it does drag. Mm-hmm. You know, I thought they're eating like the peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. I'm just like, how long is this scene again? You know, uh, (laughs) watching it at home is great because you can just fast forward to all the good stuff. And it just blows your mind. Like, uh, like John said, when Cap calls the the hammer, I I just Mm -hmm. geeked out. It was probably the best highlight of any movie this year was when Cap just is wielding the hammer. And Thor's like, I knew it. And, and I think there's a point where they're fighting together and Thor's got the hammer and his new axe or whatever. And he throws the hammer back to Cap. And he's like, here, you little take one, the right? little one. <laughs> yeah, here, you take the little one. It was great. But yeah, those three movies, it was it was a good year yeah. for movies, guys. I will yeah. say they also did a good job of that spoiler free in general. Like as as that movie came out, I was, they did. I was really they did. impressed yeah, with that considering how hard it is to do that these days. Well, at the beginning, they chop off Thanos' head, and I'm thinking, well, what's the rest of the movie? You know, already... Exactly. I, like, <laughs> I did not see that coming. I, and But then they just rocked after that. It was amazing. Well, I don't think it's going to be any surprise. Endgame was certainly on my list. It was not my number one movie, though, and I think I don't think people will be surprised by what it was. But the other two that I really, really enjoyed, first one being Detective Pikachu. <laughs> my son loves it it is a good movie so i gotta give i gotta give some background on this when my younger son was much younger he used to play the card game pokemon mm-hmm. game, and i was i would go with him to the comic book shop every sunday afternoon and he played pokemon so i actually became an assistant league organizer at one time to help teach little kids how to play and fly overwatch <laughs> and like you know make sure that you know make sure everybody was doing what they were supposed to be doing we went to pokemon world championships in dc just to see it. So I've got some experience with this stuff. And when I saw Detective Pikachu, I lost my mind. I I couldn't believe all these characters that, especially my son, he was so excited watching it with him. He's 16 now, but watching it through his eyes and the excitement. And then they had Blastoise, which is the greatest Pokemon of all time. Blastoise (laughs) shoots everybody with his water. It's great, but it's a super fun movie. I can't recommend it enough. If you, especially if you are, I mean, if you, if you're into Pokemon, you've seen it. But I thought it was super fun. I was shocked. I had zero expectation. <laughs> Daniel, my son, saw it and said, Dad, you've got to see it. You're going to go crazy. And he, I did. I went crazy. I've seen it. Two, I think I've seen wow. it three times now, which I don't usually see movies that much. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Quickly. So, yeah, po- Detective Pikachu. But my number one, and most people will not be surprised, a movie with no discernible uh, value to our planet and making anything better <laughs> is John ah. Wick 3. <laughs> Oh yeah. Okay. John Wick three. It, it, again, it is. It is not a testament to humanity. <laughs> it is just and it's it, you know the, I, the thing I really like about the, that series though is it world builds. 
and you've got the storyline about these hotels that are all where all the assassins stay and they can't do certain things there and all you know but there's all this world building that they've done and it's incredibly shot mm-hmm. you know it's visually very stunning this one just had some of the kookiest stuff ever and i assumed <laughs> poor poor little me i assumed this would be the last one no 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 spoilers <laughs> gang forward 30 seconds <laughs> It closes, and I mean, it it ended, and my son son and I stood up and cheered in the theater. We were like, John Wick 4, we're getting it. <laughs> I know Jennifer McClure's there with me because she loves Keanu. Again, if you are squeamish and don't like gun violence, do not see these movies. Uh, but again, because there's no, again, I will say there's no redeemable value in them, and, and I and I acknowledge that. Some of it is just the sheer shock, I think, of how he goes about dispatching people. But the fact that, you know, here's this guy being hunted by everybody and some of the people are like, oh, he's going to he's going to kill everybody. And sure <laughs> enough, he, just keeps, he keeps doing his job. And because it all started over somebody shooting his dog oh, in the first man. movie. Craziness. Just yeah. craziness. So. I, I think I heard that Keanu's on board with how many ever they want to make it, though. So we'll see. Yeah. Oh, I'm telling you. Yes. Wow. This one, this one, I, it seems like four would create the based on what happens. And for those in spoilers, John Wick gets shot and he falls off a building <laughs> and he, and, and he, he survives. And Lawrence Fishburne, who's, who's the king of uh, the Lower East Side or whatever, I can't remember, you know, who's basically like runs part of the New York City. He got cut up by the by the organization that runs everything, too. And he's like, what are we going to do? And he's like, we're going to go get him. And that's where it opens up. So the two of them are going to go fight everybody. And it's going to be crazy. Huh. Like, you know, John Wick on horseback shooting guys yeah. on motorcycles. <laughs> I hope people will not be offended because, again, <laughs> it's what it is. I'd like to think I have a, a Pikachu brought some value in end games of comic book movies. Yeah. So, anyway, all right, onward to bigger and better things. <laughs> so I can try to bail on my John Wick conversation. Here. <laughs> As everybody said, though, great year for movies, a lot of fun stuff. Hopefully, some recommendations there for everybody. Let's talk about TV. And, and I'm going to preface this by saying I think it's funny that. Typically, the movies and TV question on the regular Social Hour podcast are the ones where people tell us they think about this the most, which really makes me laugh. (laughs) These are like the hardest questions we ask. TV, for those of you listening, TV can be anything. It's Netflix. It's Amazon. It's Disney Plus. It's anything that, you know, in the old days would have just been a TV with the channels. We just call (laughs) that TV. I I just want to preface that so people understand. Michael, though, you're up. You're, You're top three. I'll actually start with something that's somewhat somewhat tethered. It's uh, it, coming out of HBO, The Watchmen. That's you know limited series. It's it's ongoing. They um, it's weird as it's just weird, but it's amazing, and they they've done a, a great job with that. It um, really ties. I would even more, say more closely to the comic book than it does, or the graphic novel, I suppose, than the uh, than the movie that came out. But I think they pay homage to both, and it's. Um, it's a wild ride, and I, I they've David Lindelof, who did the leftovers. If you saw that, or lost even long before that, um, it was is kind of the the showrunner on that end, and and just really really great uh, acting, great uh, great story, and it's just uh, out there in left field as well. So um, it's really exciting. I, I I would say if if you guys haven't seen that or can't can't get a chance to catch that, I, I would. Going back to to my childhood uh, in Netflix, the Dark Crystal had a limited run series as well. I think they're actually going to get a season two out of it. Um, 
going back in time, kind of a prequel before the movie that was uh, Jimmy, you know, Jim Henson's uh, awesome creation. And I was just excited about this just simply because it was, I loved the Dark Crystal as a kid. It was one of those things where I would watch it as much as possible. And then uh, it kind of disappeared for a while, so it was hard to find, but uh, it was really awesome. They did the puppets. They kind of did the whole, along with some you know special effects as well. And they really recreated that world in a different way. And it was fun. It was really, really, really fun to watch. And while I know probably lots of folks have the Mandalorian on there, I'm actually going to go in a slightly different way. And then we can talk about that again when someone else mentions it. But I, you know, I, The Expanse, uh, they moved it from sci-fi to Amazon. It's a really awesome series, uh, really set. Uh, I, I have started the books to cut that go a lot, you know, that, that they're based on, but uh, it's it's a really really well done series uh, set kind of futuristic space, but not so futuristic that it's not realistic kind of space, so to speak. And then takes a cool left turn into other interdimensional travel and things like that and and whatnot. So it's um it's really really good and uh, would definitely recommend that. All right, Michael, I got to ask because I have not seen Watchmen, and to be perfectly blunt, as big of as a comic book nerd as I consider myself to be. Never been a fan of that graphic novel, that story. It just didn't it didn't get me. I read it. I'm old enough to admit that I bought it in the comic book shop in individual issues, right? <laughs> so like, you know, uh, but I've never, I've just never gotten into it. So you're saying that the series, the TV series, from everything I've seen, doesn't look like it has anything to do with the comic. But you're saying it does because I don't. It uh, it does in a it does in a way. It's definitely. X number of years after the comic okay. uh, ended, okay. which, you know, and spoiler alert, Dr. Manhattan's still on Mars and Ozymandias is somewhere. And that's an interesting storyline that you're trying to figure out. And then there's the other folks that, that, you know, they slowly tie in other characters, but they're really, that's not the main focus. The main focus is it's X number of years afterwards and other things are going on. And gotcha. you know, it's, uh, okay. it's an interesting kind of 360, the way the world over there had, had shifted. And yeah, no, it was, it was, uh, so it is definitely in the same universe as slash, you know, timeline, whatever you want to call it. On gotcha. Yeah. Chris, Lorraine, are you watching mm -hmm. either that or Dark Crystal or Expanse? No. Uh, I can't say that I am. Yeah. No. And it, you know, it's funny. My wife loved Dark Crystal. So it, it, she really, she loves that. I mean, she really enjoyed that series too. So that's cool. I, I said, I, in the Expanse, I didn't realize it had changed networks. I didn't know. It did. Uh, I think sci I think it got a little too expensive for sci-fi, oh, gotcha. so, but uh, but it had a good fan base, so Amazon picked cool. it up, which was nice. Excellent, Chris. How about you? What TV wise, or or, or excuse I, me, because I know you may talk about something else. Heaven forbid. <laughs> As the resident HR social hour uh, gamer, HR correspondent. <laughs> yeah. The correspondent. I chose all uh, video games. Number one is Resident Evil 2. Uh, I don't know if you guys have heard of the Resident Evil franchise. Oh, yeah. Uh, this game is a remake on the PlayStation 4. Well, I played on PS4. I think it's on Xbox and all that. But this was originally made in 1998 when I was in high school. I think I was a senior. The original PlayStation 1 game is still, like, in my top three video games of all time. So when I heard that they were remaking that into with modern graphics and everything, I was pumped. This game delivered its terrifying it's it's they they updated the story um it's it's a really great game so if anybody out there is looking for a great game to play resident evil 2 again on, i think it's on all platforms number two a close number two star wars jedi fallen order this just came out in the last couple weeks it is a great star wars story it's a little glitchy i think there's some updates that they're really they're releasing but 
this takes place, I want to say, a couple years after Revenge of the Sith in the in the Star Wars timeline. But it's a great game. It makes you feel like a Jedi. You have all these Force powers. Upgrade your Force power. The the the. It's a Jedi named Cal Kestis that escaped Order sixty six. And I know I'm getting into Star Wars uh, geeky uh, lore right there by talking about all that stuff. But Order sixty six is when all the Jedi were basically eradicated. Um, but he somehow managed to escape, and so it's it's his story about how he escaped and and what he's doing and, and kind of being on the run from the. Empire. The last one is The Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening, and it's another remake. It looks like remakes are really popular right now. This game came out on the Game Boy, Nintendo Game oh, wow. Boy, if you guys remember that. Yeah. Like 1993, I want to say, <laughs> black and white. Yeah. And it was a great game, though. It was amazing. I think I, I don't know how old I was back then, but Loved it. They just remade it. Nintendo, it's on the Nintendo Switch. It's a family-friendly game. Uh, my son loves, you know, watching me play it. Uh, it's a really cute game. It's fun. And they updated it uh, really beautifully. So there are a lot of good games out there, you guys. I'll just say there's a lot on my list, but those were my favorite uh, three of the year. I highly recommend all three of those. If you guys are gamers, go play them. Chris, I got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, I played Resident Evil 2 when it first came yes. out uh, back in the 90s. I think I was in college, and that was a awesome game. I I, I knew they had come out with a with a remake, but I I haven't played it. But okay. I'll tell you guys, okay. uh, if yeah, if you're Star Wars fans, you can go onto YouTube and at least watch the cutscenes of Fallen Order, and you can basically watch the story without having to play through the game because the story is is really good. And I don't want to spoil how it ends, but the ending is just nuts. And it ties into a lot of cool Star Wars stuff. So if you just want to go onto YouTube, you can watch the cutscenes and basically watch the story as a movie. And it's it's super cool. Very cool. All right. Well, I guess it's my turn. I'm going to have call it 3A, 3B, because I consider these all kind of in the same space. Netflix puts out just tremendous food shows, food documentaries, yeah. food adventures, whatever you want to call them. So yeah. two of them, though, I'm going to put together being Street Food and the Taco Chronicles. These shows, they're just so beautifully shot. I'm not an international traveler. I'd love to down the road. I'd let, you know, for those of you listening that can help me with that, let me know. But, uh, you know, they go to these <laughs> tremendous places and they show, you know, the cultures of these places. And, you know, and it's interesting, a lot of them, you see the same people. So when they go to Singapore or Taiwan or some of these places and you see the same cooks in each of these shows, they must be really good if they're continuing to get recommended by somebody like Netflix. Really interesting shows uh, from this, I think, Street food was done by the same people who do Chef's Table, which, again, is just a beautifully shot and produced show. Taco Chronicles is the first thing I've ever seen where the subject, in this case, different types of meat, are the narrator. It is one of the weirdest things you're ever going to see. I don't know if you all have either. Have anybody watched that show? No, I haven't. No, but you had me attached. Yeah. 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 Okay, sold. Yeah, one of them's like carne asada, and it's talking like it, the the asada. Is, <laughs> it's just it's crazy, but it's it's really well done. You know, again, very respectful of of the people they're representing, and and so again, I I, I really appreciate all the Netflix food stuff that I've watched, but those two this year for me in particular were were just really really well done. Second one is a YouTube show, and uh, <laughs> it's NWA Power. <laughs> which is the National oh, yeah, yeah. Wrestling Alliance. <laughs> I grew up on old school, what they would consider old school territory wrestling. This was before the WWFE mm. and that, you yeah. know, that era where it was all regional stuff. So I grew up 
literally mm-hmm. watching Memphis, which was Jerry Lawler when he wrestled the Coffin yeah. in that oh. group. So the NWA with the National Wrestling Alliance has been around for 80 years, 75 years, something like that. And they are now owned by Billy Corgan of the Smashing Pumpkins, who really? is a huge wrestling guy. Fan. <laughs> He's, he doesn't try to create, but he puts his money into it. So he has put in money to NWA, and they now have a YouTube show that comes out every Tuesday at 6.05 Eastern, which for old school wrestling fans, you understand why 6.05, that's what used to come on TBS. So 6.05, oh, wow. they have a studio oh. show. So they shoot them in, they shoot them in packages, you know, in, in like four or five at a time, and then air them once a week. But if you like 80s era wrestling with good guys and bad guys, bad ladies and good oh, ladies, yeah. who literally will come out from behind the curtain talk smack about the other person. The other person comes out and yells at them, and then they get in the ring and beat each other up. It's um, <laughs> Again, I think people are going to listen to these things and say, John, you're not bringing any redeeming value to the planet, and I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's just terrible. Pro wrestling doesn't add. <laughs> Come on now. I don't know. You know, we, we kind of missed the whole screaming at each other. Piece, you know, you know? I'm old enough to remember when before the veneer of sports entertainment, I fully acknowledge it is staged. It is it is a male soap, a heavily male driven soap opera. At the end of the day, right? Yes. <laughs> yeah, it is. The physical aptitude of these performers cannot be denied. It doesn't matter. Some of them look like and, and I got away from watching professional wrestling because so many of them were so jacked up. It was just unrealistic. They look like mm-hmm. they look like toys. These people have, for the most part, have normal physiques, but they're they're adults. They look like grown ups slinging each other around but again if you grew up watching that type or if you're curious if you're watching some of the other product that's out there and you want to see something that has it has a sense of humor but is not silly nwa power youtube i can't recommend if especially you know i'll give you an example there's a character that the guy came in and he he lost like his first two matches and he got he he lost basically lost a a match where you have to leave the leave the territory comes back under a mask and he's called the question mark and people have gone crazy <laughs> over this guy. And he just, he grunts and groans and he just says karate. And he does this chop, like this karate <laughs> chop thing. And Again, it's silly, people. I get it. But it's so entertaining. Awesome. And, and the crowd has gone crazy. I mean, they all just scream and holler about question marks. Anyway, I'm going to stop talking about that because I really got to gush about my number one. Most of you know, I do a 80s property podcast and live action Star Wars to me has been very disappointing in the last many years, especially oh, yeah. mm-hmm. so the new since the new movies. For those of you listening, this show is being recorded before Rise of Skywalker comes out, but I'm not going to see it because I was so bored by the last one. I don't care who's directing. Mm-hmm. It just bored me to tears. But The Mandalorian has made me yes. so incredibly happy. Yes. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. Oh, my I God. cannot stress enough. How wonderful. If it go, we're recording this right after episode five has come out. So it's got three right. more episodes mm-hmm. in the season. Unless it just majorly derails, which I don't see that happening. I, I, I pray I'm, I, if it does, I will be so disappointed. But people, if you're ever wearing to Star Wars or question where they went, go watch the show. It really it has gone in a direction. The Baby Yoda reveal, I say it is the biggest thing to happen in years and any kind of pop <laughs> from the standpoint, nobody knew it was coming. And it they kept like, that really a good secret. That, that, it was amazing. They didn't yeah, make toys. Yeah, absolutely. They didn't make toys. Yeah, and right? that's what yeah. did it. Because all of a sudden there's 
That's usually how you know who characters are before they come out. Yeah, yeah exactly. You know, Lego brings out Star Wars stuff and it'll have a new characters in it. So that's what they did when they did nothing. And, and apparently the critics that saw it, nobody said anything. When that reveal comes up at the end of that first episode and there's a little green dude, we all freaked out. I mean, it, and it, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then, you know, the, you get the, a lot of story about the Mandalorian, the culture. They are taking world building and a, and a current storyline and throwing all kinds of Star Wars nerdiness into it, like Chris talked about earlier yeah. with Fallen Order. Mm-hmm. They're, they're doing yeah. all this oh, stuff, yeah. and particularly with the Christmas special, which most people don't want to admit they <laughs> acknowledge <laughs> that it exists. <laughs> they, took so many, they took so much cool stuff from that. Every week is just something different. It's going somewhere that I am incredibly excited about. And we got the coolest new Mandalorian armor in the heavy ar- armor guy. Yes. Oh, man. Oh, man. Big, dude, awesome. big dude with like a machine gun in a jetpack <laughs> who is voiced by John Favreau. I'm assuming people that are listening, many of you, if you're watching TV, I think it is, it's, it's, it's absolutely wonderful. It has brought my faith back to somewhat, to some extent. Now, am I going to see Rise of Skywalker? No, I'm still not going to go see it. But if they want to make multiple pieces of a show about a guy in a, a mask carrying a little green dude around and trying to protect him, I'm in. I'm in for as long as they want to make it. Um, but part of my ignorance, though, is Baby Yoda actually Yoda when he was a baby? Or is this like a completely no. new character? It, it is It is a, a new, new character. character. So the show takes okay. place five years after Return of the Jedi. And he died okay. in Return of the Jedi. But now Yoda was like 900 years old when he died. So yeah. the the baby is we fifty years old, I think, right? Let's say. <laughs> you know, they age differently. Yeah. Now that's how long the bounty's been out. So it's hard to know. There's a lot of speculation. And, and again, I don't care what they want to tell us. They're going to give us what we're going to get. Is it a clone? Yeah. Is it there? There are so few of his species that in the show when they when this little dude is running around, they don't re- they don't know what it is. They don't recognize uh. the species because. Yo, it was basically Yoda and Gaddle at one point, the female mm-hmm. Yoda, and that mm-hmm. was it. So is it their kid? Did he have it with a gremlin? We don't know. It's <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm so excited, though. I, I love it. I love the look. The music is phenomenal. I mean, that guy basically has oh, written yeah. like a four-hour movie soundtrack. Uh, I can tell you, I watch it every week with, with Daniel, my younger son, and we just we just soak it up. We just It's, it's brought, brought it back to me, and I am, I am thrilled absolutely thrilled i think part of what makes it even better is that we we unlike all the other shows that you know that just all drop at once that they are doing the weekly or you know whatever right. where you have a week or more to talk it up and like there's that mm-hmm. conversation and you're you're anticipating the next one like i think that's just adds to it even more so i think that's yeah, yeah. for sure i same thing as john like i saw the last jedi back in 2017 i think it was and I've never experienced the feeling of leaving a movie theater, hating a star Wars movie until that fateful night. And Mm -hmm. I just couldn't care less about live action, new live action, star Wars. I just, you know, when they talked about the rise of Skywalker initially, I just thought I'm out. I don't need to know anything more about this, the story, but then the, and I wasn't super, super pumped for the Mandalorian. I mean, I was excited for it, but it wasn't like I was just, you know, on the edge of my seat waiting for it to drop. But when it came out on Disney plus the first day I watched it and it was just so good. Even some of my friends aren't huge star Wars fans. I tell them, you know, it's basically like a Western based in the Mm -hmm. star Wars universe. And it's just so good. And to see where they go, like why the the baby obviously is a, a high value target. 
kind of a geeky thing that somebody pointed out online to her, a bunch of people that the the two people that were looking for the baby that was a scientist, I think, and on, he had like a patch on his uniform and it was uh, the same patch or logo that uh, the Camino and from Attack of the Clones, uh, that planet that mm. and it was the same logo of the Camino cloners. And so were they trying to clone this baby or is this baby a clone? Who knows? But like John said, I'm in John Favreau. God bless you. Yeah. You know? Uh, yeah. <laughs> thank you for saving live action star Wars. We're going to come off the Mandalorian and cause Lorena <laughs> did not have the Mandalorian on her list. My TV show is a little bit different from what you guys put out there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> my first show is Bless This Mess, which is uh, with Dax Shepard and Lake Bell. Um, I'm a little bit obsessed with Dax Shepard ever since I discovered his podcast last year. He uh, started this kind of sitcom show, and it's kind of makes fun of like liberals and also like conservatives. It's a really funny show. Basically, the premise is that he and Lake Bell, who plays his wife, um, they're New Yorkers, very... Um, out there, they're very open, uh, all about open communication. Well, his aunt dies, and basically, um, he kind of, you know, ends up with his aunt's house. It's a farm in the middle of nowhere, Nebraska. And they move there thinking this is going to be a great change of, uh, you know, space and everything. And it's just completely different to what they're used to. So it just makes fun of the fact of how people are, some, you know, in some of these small towns, but at the same time, how ridiculous um, some of us who are used to certain technology and certain, you know, things that are happening day to day. It's kind of like this, like kind of mixing those two very different opposing views together and seeing how they kind of end up liking each other. I mean, they have their issues, but it's really fun. It's a really fun show. So I like it a lot. <laughs> yeah. That's um, cool. And they... And they did it very well. I thought it was a bad idea when I heard about it. I was like, oh, this can go wrong in so many ways. But it, they keep it very light, and I like it. Um, so that's the first show I wanted to point out. The second show, it's called You. And I was also very unsure of this show because it started out mm. as a Lifetime show, and then Netflix bought it. And I have issues with Lifetime because they always um, – they have these very – out there stories. Some of them are true, mind you, but I just, I'm not a big fan of like Lifetime at all. Um, but this show basically is um, with Penn Bagley. He used to be in Gossip Girl year years ago. And he is this guy who obsesses over this woman. And his, you know, he follows her and knows everything about her. He's tracking her down. And at the same time, they're mentioning that he had the same obsession with some ex-girlfriend of, of his years ago. And it's kind of fo following the story of how obsessive he gets. And uh, it's just you, you know, the reveal at the end of the season is like so wow factor that I think that Netflix, now that they're doing the second season, is going to do like a, an excellent job with, you know, what's going on. Because if Lifetime did a good job, I, I can't imagine Netflix like messing it up at all. The third show I wanted to put out there, um, it's a limited series. Um, I don't know if you guys heard of it. It's called When They See Us. And it's basically talking about the Exonerated Five, the Central Park, Park Five who were um, wrongfully accused of a rape, a really bad um, rape case in New York back in the 80s. And these kids were coerced into confessing this whole thing. And it's one of those series that I do recommend, but I always say that it's really, really hard to watch. It's four 90-minute episodes, and it took me days for me to finish it just because I, would be, I was just so angry because this actually happened. What I really liked is that the, I forget her name, but who um, the director, she basically talked to those, you know, to those exonerated five 
And she was very detailed and wanted to make sure that this was their story from their perspective. And she was not um, going by what the news said back in the day or whatnot. So they were involved in the creation of this show throughout the whole time. Um, they were even invited to the Emmys. They were nominated for a um, limited series Emmy. They didn't win. But then one of them who got like the really bad end of the whole thing, he was actually 16. And in New York, when you're 16, you don't go to UV. You actually go to like real prison. And he was there the longest. And he was in like actual adult prison. And this kid named Gerald Jerome, who is a Dominican actor I had never heard of, he did such a great job portraying um the you know his character it was you know there was an episode that was all about him i think it's the third episode it's all about him and i was just crying throughout most of the episode because i was believing his story so much like it was like i was in it and i was feeling his pain it was just it moved me a lot so that's why i put it as number one but i must warn you that it's like really really hard to watch if you're emotional so Lorena, the, the when they see us, that it's a sh it's an actual show or dramatization. It's not a documentary. No, it's not a documentary. Um, but after the you know after that show though, after they created the limited series, they actually had a panel interview that included the actors and the actual um, exonerated five, and it was with Oprah actually. Oprah interviewed wow. them, and yes, it was excellent. Um, it's very eye opening. And you're right, uh, Lorena. I watched that too, and I I think it took me two days just to get through the first episode because it was just so like hard to watch yes. uh, how they uh, uh, force these kids to confess on something. And it was just rough, so, but yeah, but it was, but I will echo you. It was an amazing series. Well, that's basically my shows. Oh, that's great. And that's, again, that's why we're here. Again, I'm learning stuff. I, three shows. I think, I think I'd heard of that, but I'd never heard of what's the first one. Bless this mess. Yes, exactly. I've never even heard of it. So yeah, good stuff. Good stuff. No, no <laughs> video games or pro wrestling. <laughs> so not bad. And no baby Yodas either. That's that's good. No so we're doing okay. Yeah. We're doing well. Let's move over to the audio world. So again, podcast, music, whatever, audio books, whatever it may be. Chris, you're up first. Podcasts are all of my three. They're also video podcasts on YouTube. I don't, these aren't new, but uh, some of them that uh, I just found out. First one is called Bad Lip Reading. Are you guys familiar with this at all? <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So my buddy David, and I'm at work, and you guys know, I, I, Michael, I don't think we met in person yet, but Lorena and John spend a lot of time with, and you guys know that my laugh when I start laughing is, <laughs> is super loud, and I dare say a little obnoxious, you know? I watched this. He sent me a link. He said, Hey, I know you love Star Wars, brother. I'm going to, it's called uh, Bad Lip Reading, and they do a whole bunch of stuff. But he sent me the Star Wars one where they take the movies and dub new lines of text for their, of what they're saying. And it was one of the funniest things. And I'm sitting in my office at work and I just couldn't deal with it. I, I think, um, the first like Obi-Wan Kenobi and saying something with uh, Luke Skywalker and Return of the Jedi for context around Dagobah and, and Luke Skywalker just found out that I think Princess Leia is his sister. So it's a really emotional movie or part of the movie with you when you watch it. But then they dub new audio on it. And like Luke Skywalker is just talking to Obi-Wan Kenobi. <laughs> He's like, hey, I can't get back into vinyl. And just these weird <laughs> things. <laughs> and like, what? And he's like, well, you wouldn't. You're not serious enough. And it's, you guys go Google or on YouTube, go to Bad Lip Reading Star Wars. I think Return of the Jedi 
is my favorite one. So if you could find that one, I think there's one where the emperor's in the real movie, the emperor's talking to Luke Skywalker about that. He's going to be his new apprentice. And again, a really serious part of the movie, but then they show the emperor and the new audio. And he's talking to Luke Skywalker. It's just like, I bet you'd like a girlfriend, wouldn't you? And it's dubbed. <laughs> like it's like, he's really saying it. It's ridiculous. Go listen to it. Watch it. The next one is this uh, one I found out about this year. It's called, uh, the channel's Dead Meat, and if you guys are horror movie fans, uh, this guy James, super cool show that he does, he basically, he calls it the kill count, and so he finds old or new horror movies, all kind of horror movies, and goes over each of the kills and talks about it, and the guy's super funny, the, the way he, he does it, so again, I highly recommend, go check out Dead Meat, if you're a horror movie fan, over on YouTube. The last one I mentioned last year, but they keep putting out new content, which is is has me rolling is uh, kind of funny. Their channel over on YouTube as well. Audio podcasts as well. They did um, this year, they do movies in review. So this year they did star Wars in review. So they're reviewing and ranking all the star Wars movies, kind of standard podcast stuff. But this guy, Greg on there, he does this impression of Watto from the Phantom Menace. And again, it's one of these things when I first saw it, I was watching it on my lunch break at work and I just couldn't deal with it. I think people could hear my laugh from across the building. If you're a Star Wars fan, check it out. They do a really good job, and especially for Greg's uh, Watto impression. That's my audio stuff for this year, guys. Very cool. I think people will be surprised that mine is not all podcasts this year. The first one is, oh, though, wow. and it's and it's one that I actually mentioned on the social hour with Mike Spinelli, and that's Office Ladies. And when huh. when it's office amazing. well when it first started, <laughs> I did not think so, Lorena. I I thought that first episode was rough and it was long, it was. and I'm like, I oh no, and I was really <laughs> concerned with where it was going. For those of you that aren't familiar, the Office Ladies, it's Angela Kinsey and Jenna Fisher who were Angela and Pam on the show on The mm-hmm. Office, and they became very very close friends over the many years they worked together. And now they are dissecting the office episode to episode. It really picks up after the first one. They they seem to get their legs about them. And now, I mean, I'm learning something every sh- every episode about behind the scenes. And I yeah. really like that. That stuff's really cool to me. So I, I highly recommend mm-hmm. it if you're a fan of the office and most HR professionals I know are. It's mentioned on the Great show quite show. a few yeah. times over the years. So definitely check out Office Absolutely. Ladies. If you have Stitcher Premium like me, uh, you can get extra episodes now that are called the Candy the candy bowl or the candy bag. And it's short yeah. episodes that are available for Stitcher listeners that just, they just launched that recently. The other two I have are, are actually music, believe it or not. And and I know people find that hard to believe. The first one is a band that's actually been around since about 2015 that a friend of mine turned me on to. And it's a, it's a girl group called the regrets. They're hmm. based out of California and it is a pop punk doo-wop I, it's really hard to explain them, <laughs> but they they a lot of their stuff is just straight up punk, three chords, loud, slamming, short. But other stuff's got very intricate harmonies, and I just absolutely adore them. I they, I love the sound. I think it's it's really cool. They are all very young. They actually played Richmond, and I was going to go, but I was embarrassed to go by myself as a man of my age because I thought it would creep everybody <laughs> out. So I stayed home, <laughs> but I, I really enjoy their music a lot. And a friend of mine, uh, one of my comic book creator friends, turned me on to them and said, hey, I know you like these other acts. You're going to really, I think you're really going to dig 
the regrets. And I really do. Uh, they just put out a new album a couple months ago. So check them out if you're into power pop punk, the people they're into. It's everything from Hole and L7 to Patsy Klein. So they've got a pretty unique sound mix that they're into. And then the the last one is Juliana Hatfield, who is not new. Uh, I've been a fan of Juliana's for 25 years. Juliana just put out a brand new album of covers of The Police. It's an excellent album. Juliana Hatfield has been around since the late 80s. Uh, she was in a band called Blake Babies, and then she went solo in the early 90s. Uh, she hit, had a, several big hits, 93, 94, but she's been working for 30 years in the in the, in the business has been putting out her own CD her own albums for a long time but then started putting out these cover albums in the last couple of years last year she put out an Olivia Newton-John album this year it was The Police and then John's brain really melted when she performed for the first time with Liz Fair live in Chicago this year and for those of you oh. of that era they were both big at the same time in the 90s I adore them yeah. both I've mm -hmm. seen Juliana Hatfield wow. perform. I've never seen Liz Fair live. She's getting ready to tour with Alanis Morissette. So I'm going to try to get to that show somewhere because I really want to see Liz Fair. I'd like to see Alanis too, but there is footage of Liz Fair and Juliana Hatfield playing together. And when I say I almost melted and I was crying, I'm not kidding. Uh, I get very emotional <laughs> about this stuff and people I really like. And it's funny because if you ask my wife, she will lean over and look at you and say, I don't get it. She's never understood my fascination with <laughs> Juliana Hatfield. She didn't like her voice. Hey, you know, that's what makes us special, right? Juliana Hatfield, again, it's not a, she's definitely not new, but she's awesome. If you follow me on Twitter, I've just started Sundays with Juliana as a hashtag. So I'm posting all kinds of all the different eras of her stuff. Can't recommend that police album enough, though. Okay, so audio this year wasn't like a great year for me. I was able to choose some things, but I, it wasn't like... You know, I, there was I had to think about it for a while. Um, the first thing I'm going to mention is an album, um, the Taylor Swift Lover album, which I know John had to hear a little bit of when he was in Florida because I was driving him around. <laughs> <laughs> Good point. <laughs> um, I tr but when I realized I was making them listen to Taylor Swift, I put on the radio just to save them from all the misery. But I love Taylor Swift. I've been following Taylor Swift ever since I was a teenager. Um, so I was really excited about this album because she had a few rough years when it comes to celebrity gossip. Um, not that I um, you know, I like my good celebrity gossip, so I'm not going to lie about that. I love following that stuff. So I was very curious of what that album would do to her image. I think it bettered her image now. But, you know, uh, it was a nice album, not my top album, to be honest. My favorite would always be Red. But, uh, you know, it was pretty awesome. Better than the last album she put out, so I liked it. Then the other two audio choices are Podcast. One of them is Life is Short with Justin Long. Um, I don't know if you guys know who Justin Long is. He's an actor. He has a lot of supporting roles. Like, I I'm pretty sure you've seen him in a movie. You just yeah. don't. Um, like, oh, yeah. It's yeah, the, no, it's, yeah. Yeah. So mm -hmm. um, I wasn't too sure of it. It's the podcast. Um, but it's kind of uh, similar to Dax Shepard's um, podcast. He'll interview celebrities. Um, you know, try to get uh, to know them, you know, how they were as children and why, it, I mean, why, why they do what they're doing now. So it's pretty interesting. Not my top podcast, but one of the better ones from uh, 2019. And then the number one uh, podcast, I'm echoing John, it's Office Ladies. I do agree with you, John. That first episode was kind of like two fangirls trying, you know, trying to explain an episode. I think I kind of blame it. Like, first of all, I don't think they've done podcasts before. Like, I don't think that was their right, realm. Right. 
And then the other thing is, I think they were really, really excited about this happening. So I think that's why I gave them like another chance uh, when I listened to that second episode. But it's really fun because there's a lot of fun facts I had I had no clue. And I don't know how TV filming goes. So it's fun to learn about that as well. So it's really, you know, it's fun. Once you get you push through that first episode, it's worth it. That's cool that they're doing that. That's yeah, cool. It, it, well, you know, let's yeah. face it. It's their timing is great with the office leaving Netflix. So they, they're, they're, they're mm-hmm. catching the audience oh. at a really interesting time, but nobody's done an office show. Yeah. I, there may be a, an office tribute podcast somewhere, but I'm not, I've not heard any of those folks really ever talk about it. When you've got two of the stars who are friends and are very close, you know, in real life, then get to have everybody else on and they've had Rain Wilson on already. So, you know, they they talk about, Hey, we yes. texted John Krasinski or, Hey, we did this. It, it goes to show that, yeah, those pilots, I usually give podcasts a couple tries. You know, it, it, that first one, especially mm-hmm. if they, to your point, that it, neither one of them had had been a podcaster. So it, it uh, there's a learning curve for sure. They they bridged it very quickly, and it, it is a really fun show. And I'm glad you mentioned it. And you did not kill me with the Taylor Swift. She's fine. She's fine. <laughs> She's fine. She's fine. <laughs> She's fine. Okay, so <laughs> but wasn't John, she a teenager John, when you were a teenager? <laughs> like, I mean, it's like. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, she's a little bit okay. older than me. I think she's like two years older than me. And I know her birthday because it's the same birthday as my boyfriend. So every every year, yeah. I, and I'll, I'll like when I call him to say happy birthday or whatnot, I'll be like, um, did you know it's Taylor Swift's <laughs> birthday? And he's like, Lorena, ever since I've known you, even before we were dating, you always mentioned this. <laughs> so, yeah. Speaking of The Office, John, you met the guy that played Toby, didn't you, in L.A. recently? I did. Yes, yeah, I did. that's true. I did. Wendy and I met Paul Lieberstein at Career Arc's conference. They called it a fireside chat. He talked about storytelling. He talked about writing for the show. I will say it here because he's probably not listening. We were going to pitch him to be on the podcast. <laughs> uh, he was that not would be the, great. Well, he was not the greatest storyteller on stage it was it was it was fine but you could tell he's a writer and not a performer how about that i'm gonna leave it at that he's a writer and not a performer that makes sense well but they mentioned i think in the podcast that he's extremely introverted and really chai you can tell like that's not his thing but one-on-one when i met him what i said to him was i didn't mention the office at all i only talked to him about king of the hill and he wow. loved that. And we talked for probably almost five minutes. Like I talked for a lot longer because I didn't go up and I didn't say make a Michael Squat, Scott quote or something, which I know okay. people did. And I'm sure, but you know, you could tell, yes, to your point, Lorena, he is a definitely a little introvert, but he was very, very nice. And like I said, we started talking King of the Hill and he lit up when I mentioned that. He basically wrote seasons two and four of that show. And that's one of the greatest cards. But greatest cartoons, greatest oh, wow. shows ever done. So I, I was already a fan, not knowing necessarily knowing who he was back when I was watching that show. So anyway, yeah, he was he was very nice, and I got a picture with him, and that was cool. Next year, BJ Novak's going to be at HR Florida. I, I hope know. to meet him. Wow. I hope to get a chance to meet him too. So, yes, yeah. I'm excited oh, about that. But yeah. but he is a stand up, so I can see how he will have the, the you know he's definitely going to be a presenter. Like I can see him speaking. Good stuff all around. Michael, you're up. I guess number three is. There's, it's a podcast called Slow Burn. They do. Uh, it's kind of th- made by or produced by Slate, and they do. They've done a couple, a few in the past. One on uh, the uh, Watergate, one on the uh, Clinton impeachment. But the one they're actually doing right now is about uh, Biggie and Tupac and 
the feud in the 90s and then obviously the led to both of them getting killed so it's actually pretty interesting um obviously i remember it back when i was in uh high school and college and whatnot but uh but it's definitely kind of cool to to go back in that and kind of uh, relive that and they do a good job of kind of producing it both sides uh talking through and, and actually interviewing people who are part of you know, each other's groups back then and, and different stuff like that. So it's actually pretty interesting. Number two, it's actually an, I listened to it in audio book, so it, it counts. <laughs> so, but uh, totally. it was called uh, Bad Blood. It was about the uh, uh, the Theranos debacle of, of all the blood. Uh, I know there was a HBO documentary, on, I think, or on it too, but it was about uh, Elizabeth Holmes and Theranos and creating the blood prick devices, but it was really just behind the scenes, just a complete dumpster fire and you know and everything that led up to how she started off kind of trying to create this company and building up from the ground up and everything that happened on the back end and this kind of fierce crazy loyalty that people had for her, but yet also this awfulness that was going on behind the scenes and, and just the whole story in and of itself is just kind of mind-blowing to begin with of how it got to where it got to and and where it is so um that came out this year that was that was really interesting to listen to and i enjoyed that the kind of for me this year uh there's a podcast i stumbled upon called biology of superheroes and it's actually um it's two scientists or one i think at least one scientist from harvard or yale i apologize i can't remember exactly but they actually go into um they talk about they'll pick a specific superhero and then they'll talk about kind of real life related type how do things what would things work if this actually was real or or some specific other uh, real life stuff. So the last one of the most recent uh, episodes was about the Hulk, right? And so they talk about that, but then they also talk about stress and you know, obviously what the body goes through during stressful times and things like that. But then they also tie it into kind of the superhero motif as well. So uh, very very interesting, and it's they keep it lighthearted, but it's also educational. That's what I'm listening to lately. I'm going to check out that show yeah. about Biggie and Tupac. That sounds really yeah. interesting. Excellent. We're get, getting to the moment, the pop culture moment, item, something, and, and I actually get to go first. I'm going to tell a story I've told on Star Joe's. Again, I get to tell it because I want to. I, I go to a lot of conferences. And, I mean, obviously, I see all of you at conferences, but I go to a lot of comic book conventions, too. This year, unfortunately, I didn't get to as many because I was at a lot more HR stuff. But I did get to a show here in Richmond called Galaxy Con. And Galaxy Con is not only comic books, but a lot of pop culture, wrestlers, movie stars, Alice Cooper, you know, just all different kinds of celebrities and things there. I've never been big on meeting celebrities because I didn't want to pay you know, for an autograph or a picture. Several mm -hmm. years ago, though, Burt Reynolds, before he passed away, did one comic book show and I was going to go and I didn't. And then he died. And I told myself after that, that if there's somebody I really want to meet, I'm going to do it. If I have the resources and the time and can get there, great. So GalaxyCon comes to town and there is a guy there named Barry Bostwick. Barry Boswick, most people know he was in Rocky Horror Picture Show as a young man. He was the mayor on Spin City throughout that show's run. He's done a lot of different things over the years. But my favorite thing he ever did is a really stupid movie called Megaforce. And Megaforce is from 1982. It is a bad G.I. Joe ripoff. And so, of course, it has a very, very special place in my heart. Well, I went and met Barry Boswick. I got 20 minutes with the guy because there was nobody at this convention <laughs> uh, when we were there. And I had a 20 minute conversation with him about Megaforce. It made my year. He was super funny. When I introduced myself, we talked a little bit about Richmond. I said, well, you know, sir, really, the reason I wanted to talk to you was I really wanted to tell you how much I adore Megaforce. And he laughed and he looked at me and he goes, guys, your age, I get that a lot. 
and he <laughs> proceeded to tell me, you know, we talked. And then so that movie was made directed by a guy named Hal Needham. And many of you that know Hal Needham is one of my favorite directors of all time. I've read his book. You know, he directed Smoking the Bandit, Cannonball Run, Hooper, just a lot of great movies in the 70s and 80s that I really, really like. And of course, he directed Megaforce. So I said, Mr. Bostrick, I have to ask you, was Hal Needham as crazy as I heard stories about? Because Hal Needham passed away several years ago. And was he really as bad? And he looked at me, he goes, oh, that guy was horrible. He was a jerk. He said he couldn't he couldn't direct a movie he couldn't direct a script worth anything but he knew how to direct action scenes <laughs> because he was a stuntman. <laughs> he started his career as a stuntman in the 50s in the westerns. It was great. I did buy a Megaforce poster and have him sign it. He put one of the quotes of Ace Hunter the character he played. I shook his hand and I walked away and I said, "I'm really glad I did that." He was the one person I wanted to meet at that show and I did it. And he was very very nice. I I recommend, you know, I always tell people on Star Joe's if there are people you want to meet and you're they're coming to something you're doing, go see them, go meet them. Cause you just never know. And it was super fun. I can't trade that time. And I, again, I'm really fortunate that since nobody was around, I got a lot of time with him and we just talked and he told me all kinds of stories and things I never knew about the movie. And then he told me there's going to be a documentary. My jaw hit the floor. So that might be my 2020 top thing. If it comes out next year, mm-hmm. we will see. That's very cool. So awesome. That was mine. Lorena, how about you? For me, not as exciting, um, but just the launch of Disney Plus. <laughs> that would um, at the beginning. It's a great one. Well, yeah, yes. but the thing is, at the beginning, I wasn't that into it. I'll tell you the truth. I was like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> like, I, I own most of the movies. Um, what else are they going to add? And then they were focusing so much on Marvel and Star Wars. I was like, I mean, that's exciting for people who are into that, but I'm not super into those two, you know, worlds. So I wasn't that excited. Then they started announcing that a lot of like my old Disney Channel shows and the Disney Channel original movies were going to be part of that. And then I was like, okay, I need to get into this thing. So, um, and they also announced their bundle with Hulu and ESPN. So uh, I was like, oh, this is awesome. I don't, you know, like I get to get due to three things in one whole bundle. So I was excited about that. And then I think a few days after the launch or maybe the same day it came out, Netflix announced that it was going to um, buy Nickelodeon shows, which is also something I grew up with. So I'm also excited about those things there. Very cool. I'd, I'd forgotten about the Nickelodeon Netflix. That's an interesting competition. So. Yes, I am. And I already have Netflix. So it's just a matter of when they get it done. So, But I think, I guess, since I grew up with that, I was very Disney Channel and Nickelodeon kid-oriented. I, was, I did not do like Cartoon Network at all. So I'm like excited about this happening. You know, this streaming competition is has been very interesting. I mean, now they have Apple as well. So it's interesting to see what's going to happen. I think the frustrating thing in all of it is that, you know, we kept trying to get away from so much. You know, we, we talked about, you know, we cut our cable years ago because it was all these channels and we didn't really see anything. Now we're just, mm-hmm. it was all ramping back up because you got to buy Amazon, mm-hmm. you got to buy Hulu, you got to buy Disney. It's a struggle and there is so much great content, new mm-hmm. content, but then the old stuff, funny Lorraine, and you talk about growing up on Disney channel, my kids did. And we were talking about as 16 and 18 year olds now watching stuff from when they're seven or eight. <laughs> yeah. I got some mm-hmm. of that maybe in reruns, you know, like some of the cartoons I watch as a kid, but most of that stuff, unless you had it on a VHS tape, if you were lucky, you know, you didn't yeah. see it again until way, way later. So it's kind of yeah. it's it's really cool to see not even 10 years removed. Mm-hmm. You can get to this stuff and it's just readily accessible. It is. It, it'll be fun. Nickelodeon, though, it cannot be great until they put the Adventures of Pete and Pete 
on Netflix <laughs> when that happens. When that happens, that show. Yeah. I, I will put on a podcast about that show when it happens. Because <laughs> I, I was not in the age range, but that show was amazing. That show was Yeah, amazing. it was. Yeah. <laughs> Michael, how about you? I'm going to bum us out a little bit here for a little bit. But one of the, the thing that I guess hit me this year, which was uh, beyond all the stuff that I guess the movies and stuff that we talked about was uh, – just kind of the sad news on Alex Trebek and just kind of, you know, I've been, I grew up watching Jeopardy and I, I still do. And when I do, and, and so uh, just kind of watching that and, and, and seeing kind of the outpouring of support for him and just, you know, his kind of battling cancer, it's just kind of, it's sad, but you know, I, I, I kind of feel like it's the end of a end of an era and in kind of a bad way, a it's sad awful, note, yeah. not necessarily not bad, but like in terms of not just him getting to retire on his own or something like that. So that, that was, that was big for this year. And, and I, I imagine it'll kind of roll into next year as well. How many years has he done Jeopardy now? It's uh, I think it's more than thirty five. It's, it's thirty five. It's gotta be. Yeah, it, it, it's closing to close to forty. Yeah. Wow. Well, it was a nice gesture that one of the one of the contestants did the "We love you" or mm-hmm. "We think yeah. that was a real. That was really very that touching. Was yeah, yeah. It was, it was yeah. very yeah. very challenging. Chris, how about your your item for the year? Last year, I told all you folks my most anticipated thing for this year was going to be going to Star Wars Land that opened up at Disneyland. It also opened up at Walt Disney World. I went. I made the trek, the pilgrimage, and first thing, it's it's not finished because only one ride is is in operation. It's the Millennium Falcon ride. But I'll tell you guys what. So when you go into Star Wars Land and there is a life size Millennium Falcon parked right there in front of you the feeling that i got as a star wars fan that you know loved this franchise since i was little i couldn't even it's hard to express i mean you it's the millennium falcon right there parked right in front of you i don't know how many pictures i took in front of that thing it was you know it was just amazing fun fact it's not real fun but it's a fact is that I actually did not ride the actual Millennium Falcon ride. It is a flight simulator and the wait was like 70 minutes and they don't have fast pass for it in Disneyland for some reason that is beyond me. And I just really didn't want to wait that long to ride it. So the Rise of the Resistance ride opens up in January, January 17th, if I'm not mistaken. I think it's already open in Disney World. I've been reading some of the reviews and they say it's just off the charts. The, the, The ride is just groundbreaking going to go back next year when when it's all finished and immerse myself in the the whole land when once it's complete. I will mm-hmm. say the last thing for Star Wars Land, they have the cantina there and it's pretty strict. They say like you get 45 minutes and and then you have to take off, but it was just super cool sitting in there, being able to have a beer and all the beers are are named, you know, fun names from Star Wars and stuff like that. And it's just, there's a little DJ robot that's playing, you know, like Star Wars type music that you imagine would be played inside of a cantina. Everybody was just having a great time. The blue milk was off the charts. I love the blue milk. (laughs) They have green too. Everything was just super cool. They did a good job with it. You have one task that you have to do for me and for the podcast. And for Lorena and Michael too, since they're with us. When you're back, Please tell me. you need to shoot a video or something and say what's in my glass and show us the blue milk. <laughs> that's, that's my <laughs> request to you, my friend. <laughs> done. Consider it done, my friend. I will. I, I'd love to go in January. We're talking about going back in January, but I know for sure we're going to go for take my son for his birthday again. But we'll see what happens. We've covered an awful lot of really great stuff. I know. I again, as always, I pick up some new things here. 
let's talk a little bit about next year, 2020. It's hard to believe the year we made contact. Wasn't that what 20 yep. when that the sequel to 2001? I can't remember. <laughs> that was a long time ago. That movie came out in like 84, but I, <laughs> uh, you know what, Lorena, what's one thing you're really excited about from a pop culture perspective for 2020? Well, along the lines of the Disney Plus, um, they're gonna remake. They're gonna do it, not a yeah, like a continuation of Lizzie McGuire, which was my favorite show as a preteen. Oh wow! Oh yeah. Yes. So I'm cool. um, like really. I saw that. Yes, and they already confirmed like um, Lizzie's family, and they recently confirmed um, Gordo, her best friend. And um, in the movie, they left us kind of with a cliffhanger because they had like this little romantic kiss in Italy, and then there was no more episodes. Nobody ha- knows what happened. Were they together? Are they still together? You know, I doubt they're still together. This was like when they were in the teens, and it's going to go back to and go to the future into her 30s, so highly unlikely. But the fact that he's been confirmed, at least we'll get some closure with that. So that's what I'm really excited about for next year. Let's see. For me, I, honestly, it's just Disney Plus in general. I'm, I'm excited after seeing how they did with The Mandalorian and some even just some of their other originals. Uh, you know, they, I'm excited to see what else they're going to roll out there besides just even the the library that they have. Like obviously that Lizzie McGuire and et cetera. I just I'm kind of hooked. I'll say I was I was like you, Lauren. I was a little skeptical at first, but I um I I'm all in. So I'm excited just to see what they do next year. I think you get Falcon Winter Soldier this year, right? 2020, yeah. Is that uh, next year? Uh, is that? Oh, wow. I think. Another filming. If Mandalorian's any sign of that, absolutely it should be. <laughs> absolutely. Mm-hmm. Should be. Oh, man. Chris, what about you? What are you looking forward to? Fun thing. I wanted to mention this because uh, when we were in uh, Vegas at Sherm 19 and I was uh, talking John's ear off, uh, I was telling him a little bit about that my son and I were going to start our own video game YouTube show. Mm, cool. And it's called Galaxy Game Players. And so that's just a fun little, we have our little logo that uh, I had designed on 99 Designs and my friend David, he's a guru at at video creation and stuff and he animated the logo for us. And so I'm just trying to figure out all the ins and outs of video game streaming and setting stuff up, but it's, I think it's going to just be a a fun little show for, my main thing is he really wants to do a a YouTube show because he sees some of the kids do YouTube shows and I just want it to be something that he can look back on and see these shows and with him and his, his dad, he's <laughs> loving video games now, which makes my heart <laughs> extremely happy. And so just for him and I, just for a father and son to be able to jump on in front of the camera and play some games and have fun. And hopefully some other folks can watch it and, and have fun with that. But that is my uh, thing I'm looking forward to in 2020. I'm looking forward to August 21st of 2020 for one reason. And that is because that is the scheduled date of Bill and Ted face the music. Yes. Oh, I, yes. I love the Bill and Ted movies. I love the fact that it's going to be a trilogy. I cannot wait to see how they explain how these two deadbeat, you know, two losers, you know, now middle (laughs) age losers. Because that's what you've got to be. They've got to be, they're going to have to be losers. They got to make them losers and they got to figure out how they're going to save the universe. They cannot have station. I'm really excited about it. I was excited when they announced they were going to do it because, oh, you know, Keanu Reeves has been on a roll for the last many years between the John Wick movies. And it's like everything he's in is fun. You know, the, the Netflix movie he was in always be my, maybe he was funny in that. Like he's just, he's solid in everything. And Alex Winters oh, made a career out of making documentaries. You know, he, he did a documentary. Oh, wow. Yeah. He, he does a lot. He did one on, I want to say he did one on like original, like old downloading. And that and Napster, I even I want to say he did a Napster documentary, but he's done a lot of behind the scenes stuff. So I'm really looking forward to August. Bill and Ted, it will be most excellent, I have no doubt. 
this is one of these supersized episodes that we have every once in a while. And again, I cannot thank you all enough for wanting to take part. I always enjoy the conversation. I hope that everybody listening that has gotten this far has found something that they want to check out that they've not heard or, or watched or seen before. I'm going to give everybody a chance, though, that those that aren't following you, I'm going to start with you, Lorena. What's the best way for them to reach you out there via social media? Twitter, El Pavone HR. And in my Twitter bio, you can, uh, you'll can you see my blog link as well. And any other social media, I'm basically El Pavone HR. Excellent. Michael, how about you? Twitter as well, uh, at uh, MJ Milady. And um, find me out there and, and all my other, uh, all the other parts of my social medias. And Chris. Uh, Twitter is cool, at Chris Orozco 72 If you've listened this far, you know how to find me. I will plug my other show, though, because I've never done that, and it's pop culture. Check out Star Joe's at starjoespodcast.com, and you can listen oh, to yeah. that. If you, wanna, if you like me talking about The Mandalorian here, go listen to me talking about it over there, because I really get to talk <laughs> a lot. Your guys' Facebook page is the best. You guys post the, the funniest stuff there. Oh, well, thank you. I don't have anything to do with it. <laughs> I am just a lowly co-host. I don't run the Facebook. But yeah, we do. Star Joe's has been a labor of love for all of us for a long time. Uh, I've been I've been with the show five and a half years now. Wow. Ryan, oh, who started wow. the show, has been oh, – it'll be 10 years cool. in January. We Congrats, celebrate the 10-year anniversary of the show. It's just a, a lot of fun, and we have a good time. Again, Lorena, Chris, Michael, thank you all for thank joining you, me. Listeners, thank you for listening, and, and we look forward to yeah. doing this again in 2020. We'll see you then. Take care, everybody. Bye. Bye. Take care, everyone. 